Lucy found love at first sight. He was perfect. But fate stepped in. God, you so good. Now she's part of his life. He's in a coma. Who's she? She's his fiance. Part of his family. That's right. You haven't met Jack yet. Welcome to the family. And she's discovering love at second sight. I like Peter's brother. Pull the plug. You are sick. I'm sick. You're cheating on a vegetable. While you were sleeping. Rated PG. Sneak preview this Friday and Saturday night. Welcome back to the podcast, Old Millennials Remember Movies. I am your awesome host, Angela Yoshiko, here with my husband, Tyler Wilson, and co-host. I'm waving right now. Yes, you are. Hi. Happy New Year, if you're listening to this in a timely fashion. If you're not, we're going to be talking about <laughs> while you were sleeping. Oh, one of the kids' watches just beeped. Interesting. Merry Christmas. Santa brought the kids a watch and some... Oh, Marion got her Christmas presents maybe taken away for a brief period of time and uh beep beep that's a little beat from her watch I guess from it'll, santa it'll warn us when we're going too long again huh and then about an hour be like stop talking it'll yeah. go off i heard some watch going off super early this morning at like 5 a.m i don't know where it was hey whose it was if you're listening to this it could either be our last episode of 2019 or it could be our first episode of 2020 just depends on when you listen to it and when we actually post it we shall see <laughs> it's kind of a holiday movie kind of it takes place at christmas ish so it's perfect it actually takes place like the week of the day after christmas the christmas day and then the week after yeah pretty much so it's perfect for when we're recording it yeah it is what do you know yeah so we are going to be talking about that. Yeah, a little bit. In a little bit. Um, hey, Tyler. Yes. What you been watching? Who are you going to have me go, huh? Okay, well, I saw Uncut Gems, Adam Sandler's uh, latest uh, opus. Uh, not like a normal Adam Sandler movie. Don't do not do that thing. I'll do it if I want to. <laughs> I'll do it if I want to. So this is where Adam Sandler's... He, doing one of his serious roles every every three four five years or so adam sandler decides to try mm -hmm. and this is the movie that he decided to try it's from the directors the safety brothers who made a good time with robert pattinson last year or two years ago it is like two hours of anxiety because he plays a character who is uh, a gambling addict and just insane he's a loud mouth he's playing very much an adam sadler type but it is like you know taking it to a serious degree what's funny is that it was a it was a hit at the box office because they mm -hmm. opened it wide and was like it's adam sandler but like the audience scores are not like because i think that even though like the advertising is pretty clear like this is a different kind of movie mm -hmm. uh there's some adam sandler fans are going in the line going what the fuck is this because <laughs> it's insane yeah kevin garnett the basketball the basketball star the former basketball star he has a pretty large supporting role in this playing himself nobody knows who that is kevin Gar kg I don't know who that is. Okay. He was a Minnesota Timberwolf for a while. Guess what? Nobody watches basketball. People do. Do they? Yeah. They like LeBron and Steph Curry and all those guys. Sure. Yeah. Anyone that's in the headlines. Right. So it's good. It's, uh, but very intense. It, it blows by even though it's a little over two hours and Adam Sandler is great. I think he should get an Oscar nomination this year. He might not, which is a bummer, but I think he's very good at it. But it is uh, not an easy watch because there's a lot of yelling and there's a lot of things going on and there's always trouble. And this guy is, he's got a big gem that he's gotten, right? And he's a jeweler, but he's gotten debt all over town. He's gambling all over town. And he's just like, anytime he gets out of the hole a little bit, he's already stacked up three other problems. And so he's just running around stacking up problems. Sounds stressful. It's a very stressful movie, but it's uh, well made. So I would recommend it. But yeah, it's not your normal Adam Sandler uh, shit show, so... Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. Uh, that's one thing I saw. I saw Bombshell. 
Which I feel like I saw because I saw several trailers. <laughs> right. And look, I liked the performances in it. Uh, Charlie Theron Throne is playing Megan Kelly, and it is it's actually creepy how good the makeup is because they've made Charlie Theron not look like Charlie Theron. She looks like Megan Kelly, and then she sounds like Megan Kelly, and it's weird. And it's, mm-hmm. so it's a good performance, but it's very weird because you're just like, "That's not Megan Kelly, but it is." It's Charlie Theron. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, and Nicole Kidman is in it to a lesser degree, and then I think the movie really shines in uh, with Margot Robbie. She's so this is about uh, Roger Ailes, the downfall of Fox News. Roger Ailes, the head of the, he was a me too guy big sexual pervert fella mm-hmm. well, i guess i should say allegedly but allegedly. they did they did kick him out anyway a uh, pretty well-known story which is why it's weird that we have this movie uh about the two famous people that were involved in this uh gretchen carlson and i might have the name wrong and i'm not i don't watch the channel megan kelly uh, margot robbie is the one who plays like a composite character someone who's not a real person but her story is based on a couple of other people that these experiences happen to at fox news or roger Ailes. she is uh, terrific in the movie i think the movie works really well when it is a little bit divorced from kind of the real people and the real baggage that you get with uh megan kelly and all that now that being said like what happened to them was horrible and it shouldn't have happened and the movie is about the workplace, but that's why I think when you use it's it's a strange case when you use a composite character to get at a better truth. Mm-hmm. I felt like like you can kind of focus on the topic without letting in the other noise because the first you part tell of the, a better story. The first part of the movie is just like Megan Kelly, like because she had that very public uh, fight ish with Donald Trump when he was running for president, right? So he said that she was on her period or something like that or yeah. whatever, right? But anyway, like, that's not really what the movie's about, but here's, like, the first 20 minutes where we're kind of dealing with that, and it's just like, I don't want to, I already lived through this, like, just recently, I don't need to live through it again. We've had some similar movies like this, where it's like, I've lived this, I don't need to watch it again. It's weird, it's it's a very well-known, again, when it's Margot Robbie's story, and Kate McKinnon is kind of a supporting character in her story, and she's really good, uh, playing a less cartoonish character, yeah, I just really, I really latched on to that third of the movie and the other two thirds i was not in love with so good performances but i'd say margot robbie is the the winner there god she's good i mean she was even really good in her like wordless uh performance in once upon a time in hollywood so but yeah no she's great i tanya all these other things wolf of wall street she's been good yeah she's got some range and stuff last thing i watched uh ish is well i mean we we'll talk about it later we did at the time of year. We did see the Star Wars. We'll stay oh, tuned. Sure, stay tuned. We'll talk about Star Wars in the next episode. We have something planned for that. Uh, but I did watch American Factory. It's a documentary on Netflix. I haven't watched a lot of documentaries this year. Usually, this is kind of the time of year when they like shortlist some for the Oscars, and I try to catch up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I still haven't done much of that. I watched Apollo Eleven earlier in the year, which was like that archival footage deal of the first moon landing, and it's awesome. And that's about the, I think that's like the, maybe watched one other. Oh, and I watched those fire, uh, the fire okay. festival uh, <laughs> documentaries, I guess. Uh, anyway, American Factory is about uh, a factory, a GM factory that closed down in the 2008, 2009 ish in uh, Ohio. Yeah, I might have the state wrong. Midwest, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, closed down. A, a Japanese company came in a few years later, a glass company, and they reopened the facility. And hire a lot of the people who, you know, in the town had laid off. And so it's a very, 
kind of fascinating look at uh, the cultures of both, uh, like, American work and, like, the Chinese coming in, or not the Chinese, the Japanese coming in. Well, that was racist. Well, I was thinking about Chinese manufacturing, because, sure. you know, I'm just that's what I was thinking of, but... Uh, oh, now you're making me worry that it's like a, it was a Japanese company. I, now I'm getting myself twisted. You Sorry. did the same thing yesterday when you were telling me about this. You did said I? Chinese and Japanese. I was like, what it's, the fuck is he talking about? It's a about? good thing I married a part Asian. I can get away with this accidental know. racism. I don't know if that's how it works, oh, okay. but I'm sure people are forgiving. It's not my intention. I so just can't anyway. remember. I watched it late. <laughs> Uh, no, it, it's kind of fascinating because it, it, it's the movie is not. There's no like uh, talking heads per se. There's there's a voiceover from people that they interviewed who worked at the factory later, but they they look at people from that came over to the states, people that were already there, and it, it becomes like this. It's a really good relationship at first, but then of course like there's just differences in how the value work, and also there are differences not just in that, but in how we've come to, like, fa factory work in this country. I mean, it's, like, a lot more automation's coming around, right? And mm -hmm. uh, jobs are getting cut out, and they want it. There's a lot of people that want to unionize, but then the company has hired, like, a very expensive firm to, like, combat that and tell people that you don't want to do this. And so it becomes... But it, it doesn't really take a side, which I like, because you can kind of draw your own conclusions about how you kind of feel about what's happening there and what's happening to the culture of, like, a big business in this country, which is an interesting topic for me. So it's a really good documentary in that regard because you can – I mean, I, I suspect if you really felt like you're, you're – if you're like, say I, – I don't really have a strong opinion on it. But if you're like really anti-union, this movie would probably support your your feelings in that because it, that, that argument is presented in the movie. Oh, so, okay. but, but then uh, conversely, there is a very pro-union storyline going on there as well. So like I say, you, could, you bring your own – you bring your own kind of conclusions to it, which I like in a documentary. It was the first – Pro, uh, the Obamas uh, have started a, a com production company-ish where they're like showcasing various movies for through Netflix. This was the first of that, and there's even like a bonus interview with the Obamas talking with the filmmakers, which I actually think is pretty interesting because they you watched that I did. It's only like 15 minutes. It's mm -hmm. kind of like what they did with the Irishman. They had a little mini documentary thing afterwards. They just automatically played. Thanks Netflix. Thanks Netflix. I would recommend watching that too. It's it's good. It's enjoyable. I would it, I would recommend it. I think it is Oscar shortlisted, but there's a bunch that I would like to catch up on, but probably well, I've got time till the Oscars, so. Yeah. But maybe out in time to get all these in for our best of show, which is coming in January or coming sure. this month. Or coming in February. Coming soon. We'll probably get to it in January, probably. I like how high you went there. Yeah. We'll probably get We'll to probably it. try to do it before the Oscars, which I think are in February this yeah. year. So, yeah. Um, so I've been toning down the uh, Vampire Diaries per your request and demand and trying to watch some decent movies to catch up with you. I was trying to scare you. I was saying, like, we're going to do this show where we're going to talk about the year, and you could be filling in your time. You're I yelling know. at me for watching The Irishman without you. It's like, the fact of the matter but is... here's the thing. Hmm. I can fall asleep to Vampire you Diaries. Can. This I is can true. work out and zone out. I can sit in the sauna and take a nap while I'm watching it. And, That's true. And to no effect. Well, I, you could, no there's, there's a happy balance. You could probably watch a little bit of Vampire Diaries when you're about no, to do all those things. No, I don't understand the word balance. I'm okay. all or nothing. Okay. Um, so, I watched Marriage Story mm. with Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren and, and Black Widow. Black Widow. That's who they are billed as in the movie. And you highly recommended this. Maybe two, was it two episodes ago maybe? Yeah. I talked about it a little bit. You did. Yeah. So, I got about a half hour in and then I had to take a break. For whatever dinner or something Kids, like that, and, you're, and I was like, I'm not sure how I'm loving this. Mm -hmm. And I went back to it and finished it the, the other night, last night. Use the same night. You just like took. You had to yeah. do something. Did end up enjoying it. There were, I felt like it. 
I mean, it's a movie about a character who directs theater, and I it has a very like theater theatrical style. And so that's fine. It's a style. It's a. Co- it's not my style. It's a coast movie, whereas you're like an you're a you're a you're a you're a red state. You're an internal. You're a, a middle America person. Is that what you're saying? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's definitely not what I'm saying. It's a coastal movie. No, no. it just felt like uh, it felt very like this is a scene. End scene. This is another scene. This is the scene in the apartment where they have a fight. End scene. That's Noah Baumbach a little bit. He yeah. does that kind of thing. And it, that's fine. It wasn't yeah. too distracting, but it was just like, it's what I style. found myself doing, thinking was like, I'm enjoying this scene, but I don't know if I was enjoying the movie as a whole, but by the time it finally got to the end, I was like, okay, no, I really enjoyed that. It um really made me question our marriage. Oh, no. No, just kidding. I've heard that this caused some rifts with people that are currently did it, struggling. Did it really? I don't know. That's don't what they say. So. But maybe. You, I remember you asking me if you if you thought I would take a side. Well, that was the debate around it. I remember kind of when it came out a couple weeks ago. It was like, people, do people take a side? Or do you think that one person is favored in the movie over another? I mean, there's definitely more screen time for Adam Driver by, I probably, it's probably like a 60-40 split. Probably. Especially as it gets goes goes on. At least screen time. But I would argue, again, you can listen to my thoughts on a previous episode, that even though it's 60-40, I think the movie is very 50-50 in perspective. Yeah, I don't think I took a side. I was more like, these yeah. circumstances suck. And mm-hmm. this happens to people. And I don't think that people are bad people necessarily when marriages kind of fall apart. I think sometimes it happens if you don't love and nurture something as it goes and you spend years and years just like going through the grind. Yeah. Um, plus they had totally different goals in life and they never really aligned on that. And I think that, you know, you and I as a married couple are frequently thanks to my obnoxiousness aligning our, we don't have to defend our marriages because you watch the divorce story. Jeez. I do. Okay. No, it just makes you think about it. Like, how do I prevent this from happening to me? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think the big uh, fight at the end, which is an incredible scene, it's not quite the end, but it's uh, just an incredible blow-up between the two of them, to the point where I think people who have not seen it in context have kind of teased it on the internet because some of Adam Driver's yelling is kind of notable. Although, if you go back and watch any episodes of Girls where he's just, like, saying the weirdest shit, it's, Mm -hmm. like, nothing compared to some of that, but... Also, I think there are certain personalities that can fight in a really extreme way that will relate to this movie and be like, oh, fuck, I've done that shit. Well, they do end up, like, saying pretty horrible shit, and then mm-hmm. they, like, apologize They're to each other right away. like, oh, God. Yeah. It's a movie that I, like, like you were talking about the structure a little bit, like, a theme, scene in, scene out. Like, I would, he, Noah Baumbach's done that in previous movies, but what I, I think works about this one is that there are really no, every scene in that movie is really good, and it's really well-structured, and it serves the point of the movie. To the point where, like, he's almost sacri- – like, it's still a long movie, but mm-hmm. it feels like you've sacrificed some of the connective stuff, like, yeah. he, on purpose. I think he's, like, really trying to, like, drive it. Because there's a, quite a bit of time that takes place – you know, it happens over the course of this thing. You do have to kind of see this unravel a little bit. Um, it's a very funny movie, which I think helps that transitional stuff. But, I mean, yeah. I get it. I mean, this movie has – it climaxes with the two main characters singing two individual, like, Sondheim musical numbers. So yeah, I kind of, I get it. Those were my favorite. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I mean, there are a couple scenes, when you say there are no bad scenes, I'm like, mm, I think, well, I, I think, love those. Perform, I mean, you would, performance-wise, I think, especially the Adam Driver one, is very good. Sure. I think, but no, does it, like, he's not a, in the movie? He's not a great singer, like, necessarily, but it, like, it really is, like, a a moment for his character and he he's really good in the scene it's just it's crazy because the last thing you well you especially this week have seen him in two movies one being Kylo the big Ren. Mm-hmm. 
he's just an amazing actor. He is. Yeah, because they're just great. such different. They're such great. different roles. And I really, I think Scarlett Johansson has never been better. Honestly, mm-hmm. she's had a great year. Yeah. So. Although I do not think that the Black Widow trailer looked very good. Well, those yeah, it's a trailer. It's school will be out in a few months. Doesn't Trailers matter. Trailers are terrible. I don't usually we don't even get to see the trailer, so I know. Okay, the last thing I'll talk about. Okay. Um I watched yesterday or today or something like that. Um on Netflix, speaking of documentaries. Oh yeah. I watched um a documentary, let's see, it did come out this year, yes. Just in November on Netflix called uh Bikram Yogi Guru Predator. And so anyone who's heard of hot yoga hot Hot yoga was popularized by Bikram Choderoy in like the 70s and 80s, and he's still very, very popular today, but it's insane. So it kind of, it uses a lot of archival footage and his interviews on like 2020 and those other like, you know, evening new, you know. To catch a predator? No, Uh, but it could have been. Okay. Um, And it's an interesting documentary because you know where it's headed based on the title. Title gives it away a little bit. Yeah, but in the first 30 minutes, it really talks about his successes and how great hot yoga is and how it can change people's lives and how people really bought into it to the point where I cut it off at a half hour to take a break and do something and I was like, I want to do some hot yoga. That sounds fucking great. You're you're like every half hour, you're like, I'm taking a break. I mean, this is what happens when you have a full-time job and you're watching things when you're like working hold on out and... Paul, man it's gonna take you days to get through the irishman yeah probably <laughs> um so then I, I almost wanted to be like okay well i'm good <laughs> but i did finish it you were just like i choose not to think of the word predator at the end of this title i was like oh, i will I... erase it from my memory i know where this is going. hot yoga is good and it is good for me yeah so if you look around the hot yoga studios they used to be called like bikram hot mm. yoga and since um, all these scandals in really the late 2010, recently, 15, yeah, me recently. too, me too, me too. Is it no prior me too? Maybe prior, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Um, that now people have started renaming their studios just hot yoga. But part of the problem was that this guy's like a multimillionaire. He's lives in Beverly Hills. He drives fancy cars. Not anymore because he's avoiding america right now because he's got so many cases against him that's where i want to be oh i shouldn't we're gonna get sued yeah (sighs) um so one of the weird things is that people um he'd have these teacher trainer classes and it'd be like a conference room at a hotel with like 500 yoga instructors that he'd be training Mm. and the room is at like 85 90 degrees and he sits up on the stage with like fresh air conditioning blowing on him Mm. and he's just this very flamboyant kind of vicious almost like gordon ramsay not saying that gordon ramsay is a predator at all but like that kind of like i'm gonna call you like fat and i'm gonna call you kind of like make fun of you and be like you do better you dumb shit and stuff like that he doesn't do the hot yoga himself he's in air conditioning he does do some of it but when he, there's also parts of it where he's sitting. This is like they do like twelve hours of yoga That's a day. Bullshit. Yeah, so he'll sit <laughs> these big giant tubes behind him, blowing cold air. Anyway, for them to be able to open up their own Bikram hot yoga studio, he'd have to sign off and approve them. So there's a whole scandal of like, oh well, you don't go against him or speak out, otherwise you're not going to get your studio that you just paid ten thousand dollars to take this class and another ten thousand well, to take this class. What was he doing to the? What was he doing? Oh, he was well, raping some of them. Oh God! And then just like forcing them, he like, he, I guess he didn't sleep very often, so at like two or three in the morning, and the, these would be like. I mean, you say allegedly, or they get him? Uh, I he kept, he pled the fifth on everything. Oh, okay. 
Well, so okay. I think he was he was convicted in civil court okay. and not in criminal court. Gotcha. The LAPD did not do anything against it, and they did not. They declined to be a part of the documentary. Usually sounds like what the answer of always is. Yeah. So it was interesting. Um, what I liked about it was that um, a lot of the yoga instructors were like, hot yoga is still really good, and I still practice it and teach it because it is incredible. Also, the guy, I guess, ripped off all the postures and stuff from his own master back in India. Oh, anyway, yeah, sure. Anyway, it was interesting. If you're into yoga or Me Too movement or any of that kind of stuff, it's worth watching. <laughs> what a combo. If you're into learning more no, that's about good. people who've been just... accused and how they are are not taken down. I just like the, the juxtaposition I of that sentence. I am not good at articulating things. If you're, if you're into yoga or Me Too. <laughs> well, either one. Wait. Or, or both. <laughs> okay, so that sounds like a good, okay. All right, so it's Bikram something something Predator. Yeah, just Bikram Yogi Guru <sighs> no, Predator. It's tough because like you know what's weird is that so the Obamas are behind the one I watched, mm-hmm. it, and that one I some I had to like search I had to go like I had to type in American because I couldn't find it I was looking for it I had to type in American and then it gave me like results right away and it was like pie American pie other but other things that aren't on Netflix yeah I don't they know do that and they're that. like oh and then if you clicked on American pie Titles like well like you this. like this but like why can't you fill in and tell me the thing that you actually have on your platform I don't understand because they have all these movies promoting. but they don't want anybody to see them except for the Ryan Reynolds movie I feel like they're probably selling space on their promoted, right? Maybe. Maybe they are. Or they're I'm really sure. focusing on things that they produce themselves. Maybe they didn't produce this so themselves. So that comes up first. But they probably bought it. It's 2019. They probably have the exclusive on it. I don't know. It's weird. It's Whatever. It's probably AI. It's the Terminator determining what we get to see. In they're the like, off. you watch Vampire Diaries. You don't want to watch this documentary. They're like, you watch Vampire Diaries. You might also like. Is Vampire Diaries on Netflix? Yeah. Is that, are you using, which account are you, are you, which profile are you using? Angela. Oh, not home? No. Oh, that's good. No. I also, so there's a spinoff called The Originals. I ah. just tried to start that episode today when I was in yeah. Lasana. And, uh, yeah, it's a show. Yeah. <laughs> then there's another spinoff, which I watched first before going back and watching. I feel like you've said this like seven times. I hate you so much. <laughs> okay. The, the reality is we're, I don't know. It, While You Were Sleeping is a movie that we're going to talk about now. This is the movie we're going to talk about. And I didn't take a lot of notes. There's not a lot to say. <laughs> there's not a lot to this movie. Why? Well, there's like, there's not a lot to this movie. It's a pretty... But we're going to talk about it. Okay. We're going to dig in. Yeah. So, are you ready to transition? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> oh, let me do a real quick recap. What have you been watching? Uncut Gems. Go see it. See it. Bombshell. Yeah, rent it. American Factory. See it. On Netflix. Okay. Marriage Story. See it on Netflix. See it. Highly recommend. Bikram Yoga if you're into yoga and me too. <laughs> See it. <laughs> See it. Okay. While You Were Sleeping came out in 1995. Before we do high stats. 95? I keep writing 96. What do you remember? Oh, maybe. Maybe I just wrote the wrong thing. Well, no, you, it's 95. We'll do the high stats. What do you want me to write first? Or you want to go? Who's reading first? I'll go first. Okay. What do you remember? Sandy Bullock saved some dude from a bus or train running him over or something. She goes with him to the hospital, and when the hospital assumes she's his fiance, she doesn't correct them. And then Coma Guy's family takes her in, and she falls in love with Coma Guy's brother, Bill Pullman. Then Coma Guy wakes up. Uh oh. That was what you do you remember? The part of the podcast where we 
think back what we do before we watch the movie and we write down a little bit of the thing. You usually do that bit and I'm fumbling over it. You forgot I do kind in of, case so. for first time listeners. See, right. But see, if I do it, I'm just like, well, this is the thing that we do and then I trail off. You got it. Yeah, okay. So um, what do you remember? What did you write before you watched it? Well, I wrote Sandy Bullock too and I'm proud because I feel like I have been pushing this narrative of calling her only Sandy Bullock ever since I've met you and so now you are like on board with just always calling her Sandy Bullock. Well, if we go see a Sandy Bullock movie, we call her Sandy Bullock. Mm-hmm. We refer to her always as Sandy Bullock because I feel like we're friends. If you agree, share this post in hashtag Sandy Bullock. Sandy Bullock. Sandy Bullock saves Peter Gallagher from subway death. Not choking on a hoagie, other subway. Then hangs out with his family Such and pretends dork. to be his fiance. Bill Pullman is the brother and he's cute AF. Cute. But maybe combative at first? Anyway, the guy wakes up and is like, what? I have a fiance. And they think he has amnesia. But then he remembers that his dad is Green Goblin and the butler tells him vital information he should have told him years ago. I might have that wrong. That's from the movie Spider-Man. That's Spider-Man 3 when James Franco gets amnesia and forgets everything. that was such a bad... Remember when he's hiding under the desk, the table, though? We're going to do that movie one day. Yeah, we are. <laughs> oh, we can. It's like um, 2007. We got years to go before we can even do that one. I feel like we did pretty good on what we remembered about this um, movie that includes amnesia. Yeah. Or not amnesia, it's, as it were. He has no amnesia. Okay, it's time to do high stats. This is just some of the high stats involving the movie. Do you have the high stats available? I have them, like, actually copied over onto my document. I leaned in so that when I said high stats, it's going to be really loud for everybody. High stats. Mm-hmm. It won't, because I'll smooth it out. Great job. Because I'm an awesome person. Can you make me sound like I'm not slurring every word? I actually just put you through a filter so you sound like Sam Jackson. So uh-huh. it's actually like I'm podcasting with Sam. Cool. Yeah, he's my friend. Okay, this was English rated. motherfucker. Do you speak it? <laughs> this was rated PG. 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 We saw, I saw that on the box. It clocks in at one hour forty three minutes. Yeah, a little bit over the, <laughs> yeah. the time requirement. Mm-hmm. It's a comment I need to make in every podcast episode. Some movies can be long, but this movie probably shouldn't be. <laughs> it came out your birthday weekend. Really, April twenty first, nineteen ninety five. What a weird release date. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about when this movie takes place. What a weird release date. Um, it was directed by John Turtletop. He is an old Millennials Remember Movies all-star. This is our third episode of a mm-hmm. John Turtletop joint. We previously uh, featured him in Cool Runnings, episode 12. Yeah. And Three Ninjas, episode 3, which is probably terrible. Not great audio on that one, probably. John Turtletop. Mm-hmm. And this, he, I mean, he's mostly known for making those National Treasure movies later, but, uh, yeah, like, we've done, yeah. we, we've done one Spielberg yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. And there's like, and it's considered maybe his worst movie. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. <laughs> um, it was written by Daniel Sullivan and Frederick Lebeau. These are basically the only things they've written. The only movie they've written. It feels like a movie that was like some guys that like lived similar like we are. And it's like, I got a great idea for a script. And then mm-hmm. they like made a script and they got it. And so they like, it's one of those like, they got it made. And then they're like, well, what else you got? Can you work on another movie? And they're like, no. That's all we have. Probably, Which right? Which could have been the story well, of Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, but, but a lot it wasn't. Of, a lot of these guys will end up doing like patchwork and stuff. So maybe they, they did didn't. have a career. They really? didn't. Really? Like this was their only writing credit. Well, but maybe they did some other stuff and didn't get writing credit. Is all Possibly. I'm saying. That happens. Carrie yeah. Fisher famously wrote a lot of shit. The estimated budget for this movie, what's your guess? 15 million. Close. Yeah, yeah. 17 million. T- 10 million of that went to Sandy Bullock. Well, no, she wasn't super, super famous at the time. She was famous, but not How A-list. many Sandy Bullock movies have we uh, done? We've done The Net. 
just this last, it's almost like our anniversary of Sandy it Bullock because I think it was maybe the first movie of 2019 was the yeah, net we did. It was yeah. a New Year's movie. So now we're doing, maybe we're just doing a Sandy, Sandy Bullock movie Year's. every, oh yeah, that's great. Sandy New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> I love that shit right there. Sandy New Year's. Oh my God, you're such a dork. Um, $70 million budget. It grossed in the US $81 million and worldwide $182 million. It's a good big hit. I mean, it really makes you, you're questioning that release date, and they were probably just like, when people said that, like, fuck you, made $81 million domestically. So I can tell you one of the reasons it came out in April. Okay. One of the reasons is that they filmed it in Chicago mm-hmm. with, like, real location. When it was on cold? On location. During, and if you remember, there were some Christmassy scenes, wintery, cold. Yeah. So they actually filmed it from October to December of 94. Okay. So, so they need they... some time to edit it and then. Pretty fast turnaround, though. Yeah. Still, it is kind of a Christmas movie for a while. Yeah. It, I mean, it's not about Christmas, kind really, so it works outside of that time period, but it could work as a Christmas movie. In fact, has a pretty heartwarming little Christmas scene in the movie. It really does. Where she, after this pretty whole shenanigans on. happens, she goes back to the family for Chris. They had like a late Christmas, and she just like observes them like opening presents and being sweet. That's and exactly stockings. what I wrote in my notes. I was like, she celebrates Christmas with Coma Guy's family, right? And she's making lots of smiles and joyous uh, looks at everyone. Lots. Like she really appreciates being surrounded by family. Is she wearing an adorable sweater in this? Because she, I feel like she's got several adorable sweaters in this movie. It's oh, like adorable. the adorable sweater movie for Sandy Bullock. Adorable Sandy. She's got that one in the beginning that she also puts on at the end, and it's just like that oversized like straight yeah. jacket sweatshirt. Nineties. Literally, a sweater that would look good on nobody except for Sandy Bullock. Totally. Pretty much. Totally. So, did you remember, when did you have a memory of seeing this? Did you see it in the theater? Did you see it on video? I don't fucking remember. This feels like an HBO movie. No, no, I remember, I remember my sister, Mm -hmm. Jill, really liking this movie. Right. Or liking it, and then we watched it a couple times. That's all I remember. But I remember her specifically being like, oh, I like this movie. She's five years older than me, Mm -hmm. so... 95 she would have been like 16 right ah that's that seems appropriate this is like uh epitome like 90s romantic comedy and i mean that in a mostly a good way like i think it works playing those beats pretty well it Mm -hmm. starts with a reasonable hook gives you something that's kind of fun and then puts you in this woman's shoes essentially going Mm -hmm. through it and it would not work if it wasn't sandy bullock pretty much if it was demi moore who apparently is who they were in negotiations with to get originally. Uh, to be more, I don't see doing it as well. Julia Roberts, yes, but not to be more. Julia Roberts, Sandy Bullock, those are the two from the 90s. There was another one I read, um, what's the Groundhog Lady? Annie McDowell? Yeah. Oh, no. Her and some other older person. No, yeah. no Andy McDowell. That yeah. wouldn't work. Not going to work. She's made that movie. Huh? That's all Annie McDowell makes is movies no, like this. She, she, this is this is a tough. This is kind of a tough role because you said, like, you brought this up that originally they, at least the Wikipedia yeah. or some quizzy thing yeah. said that it was initially pitched as the idea that it was a man. It was originally written. written. The script was written as a female who went into the coma. Male is doing the catfish. Which would never, it wouldn't work in 95, it definitely wouldn't yeah. work now, but there's no way that that's not creepy. There's not a char- yeah. there's not an actor. Hollywood execs were like, that seems pretty predatorial. I think even Tom Hanks would struggle with that one, because it's like, what are you doing, Tom Hanks? You can't just, uh, you can't just do that. This is like, we've been doing a lot of catfish movies lately. Yeah, it's, I was thinking about this actually, because we brought that up. It's not so much catfishing. It kind of is, though. It kind of is, but it's kind of 
more, even more diabolical. Yeah, she's not <laughs> pretending to be someone she's not. Right, she's she pretending who pre- she is. She's pretending to be someone she's not, though, with but the fiancé. I'm waiting for the episode of Catfish where there's, like, someone in a coma, <laughs> and they're, like, on Facebook using that coma person as, like, their fiancé, and they're, like, logging in as the coma person. It's like, hey, everybody, I am Susie's uh, fiancé, la, la, la. And then finally the brother's on there, like, Bill, the Bill Pullman brother's like, hey, fuck you, my brother's in a coma. Who is, who dis? Who dis? And then it's just, like, a bunch of stuff online. Oh, God. I don't know how the internet works, but that's good. Okay, so we, okay, let's break this down a little bit specifically about what she does. Okay, so she is working for the L train. First of all, this whole movie they really wanted you to know it was shot in Chicago, right? It's really right? a Chicago celebration. Half the movie is, like, exteriors That's of Chicago landscapes. <laughs> Not a lot to this movie, because no. about 30% of it is just B-roll of fucking Chicago. And what I love is that it, it starts, like, in the opening scene. It's like, this will be... And then we'll do that thing. Yeah. Like but then there's, like, wide shots. Okay, there's something that you would recognize if you've been to Chicago. There's yeah. something. But then it's just like, hey, do you not know that you're in Chicago yet? Here's a shot of Wrigley Field. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Do you still not know? It says home of the Chicago Cubs right on the front of that. Yep. Do you still not know? Here's a statue of Michael Jordan. Yep. We're in Chicago. <laughs> hey, 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 audience. This is Chicago. And then like every five minutes, they're just like, I think it's time to remind people that we're in Chicago. And then they're like, Sandy, we need to do a scene outside in Chicago so people mm-hmm. know that you're walking around. In... And listen, it's delightful. I love this on location like, shit. It makes the, the movie better. Top really love Chicago. What's his, what's his fascination? A lot of movies are shot in Chicago, famously, obviously. No, um, but there's like some love here. There is, but I I think they're just like they wanted to make it feel like the experience of you being there and being cold. You know, I and have all a different that. theory. Okay, somebody else was like, "Dude, we better get as much B roll footage." And then they cut the film, and then they're like, "This shit is only sixty minutes long." <laughs> Maybe. And they're like, "Hey, hey, hey! Didn't you get a bunch of fucking Chicago footage?" Yes, we did. Cut it in. So they had to do some pickups, and they're like, "We got Sandy Bullock, but that's it." And we got we can we can go on yep. the streets. Like great. And they hired great. her little friend because that's half of the scenes. They're just her. Is it her friend or coworker? Yeah. It's not her coworker because she I works scale train. I missed the part where it was the thing. He's actually good, and he's got some of the, like the funnier. He he's does. like the friend. He's the friend character in these yeah. '90s movies that has the funny, yeah, funny lines. Because like, oh, you're cheating on a vegetable. Blah mm-hmm. blah blah. That's good stuff. Anyway, most of their scenes are like exteriors. Like that's like, oh, we only have a couple days. We need more time. Get her a friend, yep. and then they'll go out on the street, and we'll just film out there whenever yeah. we can. Actually, it's, I think it's a good addition to the movie. I do, too. This movie only has four scenes in it, basically. <laughs> okay. The setup is specifically this. She works at the L train. She keeps seeing Peter Gallagher every day. He's a handsome businessman. She never talks to him. She's just She's taking the coins. pining after him. Pining like, after oh, him. Oh, he's so hot. There's mm. voiceover. Her mom died when she was young. Her dad recently died. She doesn't have any family anywhere. Blah, blah, blah. She's only friends at work and her other friend. Okay. He goes out onto the train. It's early. There's no one there. It's Christmas. It's Christmas Day. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Something like that. Some two guys. She. It's always from per- perspective what she sees. Mm-hmm. There's two guys that are like fucking with him a little bit. Maybe trying to steal they're, his laptop bag. Like, That's a nice jacket, they say. And then they're grabbing a scarf. And then he, she sees him kind of fall. They, don't nec- they shove him. He trips. I don't know. She runs out. Those guys bolt. He falls off the platform. He lands in the middle of the train tracks. Chris O'Donnell's down there. Stop. Uh, <laughs> He's got From his a previous sh- episode of Fred Green Tomatoes. He's got his foot stuck, whatever. Okay, uh, you gotta be careful <laughs> to not get your foot stuck in the train tracks. He's knocked out, so she kind of like rolls with him out of the way of As the train. As the train is coming. It comes close, yeah. They, well, it's kind of co- comedic because she spends about two minutes just being like waving her hand, trying to air some cool air on his yeah, face. Yeah, you gotta move him. Gotta and she's move like, him. wake up, wake up. 
like but in that charming funny. Sandy Bullock way. Oh, so cute, yeah. so adorable. She's so charming because her pint. She's pint. She's lusting after this guy, but oh, because yeah. it's Sandy Bullock, she's like, oh, I wish I was being lusted after Sandy Bullock. She's so delightful. Um, anyway, so she saves him. She saves him. She goes to the hospital. There's a fucking dick doctor. See, you need to agree on this. <laughs> He's being a dick. Okay. He's a snivelly little dick. Having shared a, room, a hospital room, yeah. with strangers, yeah. I'll tell you. Doctors need to, and nurses need to keep strangers away from people who are in medical trauma. I understand that, and I understand like the some rules. some just fucking lady off the street. I don't have she a problem. She does not get to fucking come back with me to the ER. I don't have a problem with the rule, or what he even says. It's the way he says, like, mm, can you get out of here? You're not family. Mm. That is not how it went. Can you get out of here? He said, do you know? Do you know this person? Oh mm. God, such a dick. <laughs> I'm a doctor. Ugh. Because then he comes back later because the nurse like overhears like her saying like so I'm gonna she, marry him. She's and, like, oh, I was gonna marry him. And then she, the nurse overhears like, oh, she must be the fiance. So since she lets him in, and then the doctor comes in later, is like, uh, excuse me, but I remember leaving her out. She's not a family member. You need to stop that. It's obnoxious, and people are don't exactly hear that in it, ears. it is obnoxious. Stop. That's how obnoxious that doctor is. Calm down, Tyler. Take the family. Breaths, calm down. The family is all there. They all overhear it's this. A very large family. It's a large family of old people and like Mostly one random teenage daughter. <laughs> a teenage daughter who's fifteen. So then you've got Peter Boyle here mm-hmm. from uh, Everybody Loves Raymond and mm-hmm. Young Frankenstein. You've got Glennis Johns who was the mom in Mary Poppins. I, I don't know that, that I couldn't grab that, but she's very familiar. No, because she's doing the same exact overacting that she did in Mary Poppins. <laughs> okay, it's a very like. It's her. You're right. It's very her. And then the great Jack Warden is like their godfather, family friend. Mm-hmm. He is in the movie and actually has a pretty, probably a more significant role to play than anybody because yep. in the very next scene, he overhears Sandy Bullock talking to Coma Peter Gallagher and she's confessing, like, I don't even know you. So he knows right away, doesn't spill the beans, decides that everybody's just so excited about this prospect. And mm-hmm. she gets, again, this is, it's a ridiculous premise, right? But yes. I'll tell you, it's like it's it's in the performance. Like <sighs> she, you believe that she wouldn't say it in the moment because you believe that character is just like, oh, I don't know, I'm just trying to be nice to these people, blah blah blah, right? It's totally uh, believable. I she think she gets swept up in the moment. So that's the setup, right? And then they go to that Christmas. They invite her to Christmas, blah blah blah. We hear a call. There's there is another maybe fiance that's rung in from like Botswana. Where is it? Bolivia? She was out of the country. Sure. And uh, it takes a while for us to get to the brother, who's played by... Yeah, Bill Pullman Bill doesn't Pullman. show up for like 25 35 minutes. 35 minutes or something like that. And he... So, this movie is successful, I think, for basically two reasons. Number one is Sandy Bullock. Number two, Bill Pullman is charming as fuck mm-hmm. in this movie. Mm-hmm. Isn't I remember he? crushing hard on him. He's great. Like, mm-hmm. it is just like this. Like, even when he comes in, you're just... He's got that smile on. His hair is like that 90s wavy oh, hair. so cute. And what's funny is, like, he's, I think you looked up his he's age. Like, he's, like, 42 well, in and this the, movie. Well, and the next year, he's the president of the United States in Independence Day. And but he's, he's playing the younger brother to someone who's, like, 35. And he, I mean, if you look at him closely, yeah, he looks kind of older, but it, it's he's working for him. So cute. It's just, like, it's such a good, first of all, Bill Pullman is great in a lot of things, but mm-hmm. this is such a good use of him, right? It. How? How is it a good use of him? He's just, he's... It's charming without trying, is what it is. He's not going in there mugging. It's not, it's completely natural. It just comes in and he's just trying to, like, have a reaction. Mm-hmm. 
and not be what's 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 cool about it is that so he's coming in and he's immediately skeptical of what's going on here. Yeah, I think like, because Who the fuck are you? and the part and it, it, the reason really is is not because he thinks that she's not good enough. It's because he kind of knows his brother's a little bit of a dickwad, a little bit, right? And he's into rich he's things, a putz, and she seems very down to earth and all this other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't know that right away, and I think that that little mystery plays into it. So, but the way he's like being suspicious is very like a surfacey char- like charming and friendly and trying to give her the benefit of the doubt but like observing and being testing her yeah but he's not mm-hmm. being too um over the top except for like when he accuses her of like who this boyfriend is later in front of everybody but because it's again that's a weird because they've they, this it's a family of people who are just talking over each other a lot anyway so it doesn't mm-hmm. even feel that unnatural that they would be calling each other out like this yeah. in the middle of it so i i just like that angle i like that he's being charming but not a heel he's skeptical and kind of being combative with her without being unlikable which Mm -hmm. is i think a tough balance that's usually what scales these movies wrong is like oh the two people that are going to fall in love eventually don't like each other right now Mm -hmm. but that's not really the case here like they're both likable Mm -hmm. and that's what works Mm -hmm. right totally um so you know they get there's scenes of them being together there's this weird character of her landlord's son Ugh. He's like, hey, bada bing. He's one of these guys, right? Yeah. He, I think Joe he actually says Jr. that. He's Played assuming Michael Rispoli. He's trying to woo her, uh, Sandy, the whole time, but in aggressive ways, like pretend, you know, like barging in, in, giving, you know, she's hug, she hugs him in front of Bill Pullman, which is for her being friendly. He's just constantly harassing her for a date. He's going in and like, I guess, look sniffing her underwear or something like that, or yeah, wearing her underwear. All that stuff could just... It's like, this supposed to be this comedic stuff, but it uh, I don't like it. It's just, the guy's gross. That's the thing I the, the thing I don't buy so much is, like, Bill Pullman is, like... Threatened or believes that she, Sandy would be like, dating that no guy. There's just no way. There's no way that anybody... That she would be dating this guy. Not ever once, not one time, right? Yeah, that is one character who doesn't fit. He's not, un- he's not like, a... He's not a total creep. He turns out to no. be kind of okay and nice, and he's respectful once she kind of decides that she's doing this. But I don't feel like he's a real person. No, it's a caricature. And yeah. It, and it doesn't... It just doesn't... It's Versus, just... I feel like all the old people in the movie yeah. are very real people. And right. all the, like, faces they make while other people are talking, mm-hmm. all the little details like that are super funny. So I do like this early scene, too, where uh, I think it's before they go, she goes in for Christmas or something. Saul, Jack Warden tells her, like, I know that you like, I like how this is all up front. Like mm-hmm. they, they, she, they're not, they're not hiding. They're just like, I like that you're here for them right now. They, you know, their son is in a coma. You know, you're a great person. You're warm. Like, and she kind of tells her about how she's alone. Her dad's gone and all that. And she just lost his spouse two years ago. And I just, it's just some nice connect. It's just funny how little simple things in movies, like little connections with good actors is interesting you don't mm-hmm. need a bunch of things happen you say there's only three things that happen in this movie that's true mm-hmm. but there's a lot of these little interactions that i think are very pleasant yeah and nice yeah so i like that i like that he's in the wall and there's a little bit of comedy later where it's always just like oh i'm gonna tell him don't worry she's like she, finally she's he's so he's so good about it. he's like yeah you know what you don't worry about it i'll tell them it's okay but then he's like i don't know if i'm gonna tell him it's so hard <laughs> i can't do it i like that because yeah. then it kind of def- it because i think you buy that she's a character that will tell the truth but because he's telling her don't it stalls i think it believably yeah. stalls this out a little bit longer because she's like no 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 it's okay i'll take care of it but then they don't right um yeah what is the other new year's eve i want to talk about that scene too uh bill pullman who's by the way the family's a little bit weird about like oh jack jack's his name right 
that you're under the mistletoe with her. Kiss her. Not appropriate. These are not times when we're doing these traditions. I was hanging out with your family. Yeah. And your brother Shane and I were under the mistletoe. Uh And your mom and dad were like, oh, kiss each other. No. That'd be fucking weird. First of all, we wouldn't have mistletoe in our house because everybody's allergic. Yeah. Second of all, my family doesn't like to even like hug each other so i know i told you i had that dream about hugging your brother and it was mm-hmm. hilarious yeah he so so uncomfortable he's very uncomfortable so i mean no one's gonna be encouraging someone to kiss no. their potential brother and then when they find us out later like oh they're like jack what did you do it's like motherfucker you told me to kiss her like you're the one who set this whole thing this in motion is on you. you said like you should you should you like mm-hmm. her you make mm-hmm. it horrible right uh so they have a little uh tiff because uh, they're starting to like it. They definitely like each other, There's right? There's some chemistry. They're spending spark. too much time with each other, which is like not okay, even though it totally is okay because she's lying, but it's whatever. complicated. But she kind of, he says like she's not his brother's type and he doesn't mean it negatively, but of course she's offended and hurt by this comment, right? And she does like a classic Sandy Bullock line. It's like, I had a pretty lousy Christmas and you just killed my New Year's. If you want to come back in Easter, you can burn my apartment down. And it's like, that is a Sandy Bullock line. Mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. there ever was one, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but then what I like, they have this falling out. It's like right at the end of the second act, right? This is the falling out. Most romantic comedies will be like, they're going to have a big, brave fight. And then there's going to be a big rush to get together at the end. Yeah, no, they'll separate for a while, have a scene with a girlfriend and with a guy friend, and then they'll come back. The together. scene extends and they keep talking mm-hmm. and they talk about their vulnerabilities and their sadness inside and not why they're angry with each other. And they actually end the scene where they're not angry with each other. Mm-hmm. There's some tension, right? But they are on speaking terms, and they're fine with each other in the next the next time we see each other. Like how people actually work. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. It's a nice touch, right? Mm-hmm. I also like Bill Pullman. He's got a thing where he's a. He, it's, it's. I mean, it's, it's dumb. It's screenplay stuff, right? It's really screenplay. His dad, Peter Boyle. I like the. I like the the business. It's like a. They are. They it's buy a state furniture resale business. So they buy dead people's furniture and they sell it, yeah. right? So that's kind of a funny thing because he's always looking through like the obits and you stuff. You know, it's not a bad business. It no. helps people. Yeah. On, on both sides. Sure. It's a win-win for everybody. Seems, seems lucrative. Yeah. Um, but he wants to make, I mean, it's kind of jokey. It's almost like, I want to be a architect or a, I want to be an artist. In a Christmas movie, it would be like, I want to be an interior designer or oh a God, screenwriter. A Hallmark well, if it was a Hallmark movie, that's what it would be. But he's built a rocking chair and it's a beautiful rocking chair, right? So there's a nice scene. Peter Boyle's only real like main big scene where... They sit down and he's like, I don't, I don't think I want to do this job. I want to do this other thing. And he's just like, you're not going to make any money, but okay, I just want you to be happy. And it's just like, oh, this movie's like dealing with that maturely too. I like that too. It's just like, I know it's not a lot of like hashtag there's, conflict. Yeah, there's not. But this movie does a good job of avoiding like annoying, obnoxious antagonists. There's conflict, but then they are able to reach its natural conclusion without being heightened. Mm-hmm. And heightened, I think a lot of screenwriters and a lot of movie execs think that that people want heightened so drama or that's bigger 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 but really bigger is not necessarily better real and if it's charming and it's engaging and you have good characters and you can have some light jokes in there better totally just I agree yeah yep oh you got something what oh no doing? i was just ready to fill up my tea oh okay for tea time with tyler that's a segment in which you fill up your tea and you ask me something i ask you some questions mm-hmm. or a question mm-hmm Tyler Wilson. Mm-hmm. Tell me. Coffee's almost gone. Some movies featuring groups of old people. Groups of old people? Cocoon. Cocoon 2. Uh, 
the oh that hotel movie, not the Grand Budapest Hotel, the other one, like the Great Marigold uh, Hotel. What is that thing called? There's like two of them. Um, bullet, the bucket list. <laughs> what about Christmas Vacation? Oh, with old people like that? Christmas Vacation is uh, a movie that we almost did this year, but we didn't. There's a lot of old I people mean, that show up. I oh, yeah. That's a good that's a good comparison piece. Yes. Like, you have two in-laws coming in in Christmas Vacation, whereas you have two sets of older people in this movie. So it does have that echo, I would say. Yeah, it really does. It does. It's and not it's as like... jokey, but it's definitely there. Yeah. I'm yeah. trying to think if there's other... Well, I mean, meet the parents, meet the Fockers, obviously. Grumpy old men. Grumpy old men is grumpy old men. Those are focused on the old people more, but not uh, like groups of old people. There there's will... not a lot of movies where I feel like there's like parents and in-laws that are older. Grumpy old men is a movie that will probably be a done on this podcast. By the way, yeah, I just had a memory of um, watching this movie twice. This one or Grumpy Old Men? No, this movie. Uh-huh. What's it called? While you were sleeping. <laughs> and I remember, I don't remember watching it the first time, but I remember watching it the second time. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking before watching it with my sister, what is this movie about? And then I was like, I think I watched it when I was 10 or 11. And I was so confused because I was like, she's his fiance and then she cheats on him while he's in a coma. Like I she missed, missed the first part. I missed the whole thing. Because right. when you're like 10, 11, you don't get the, you mm-hmm. don't. Get, you can't pick up some of these like Or you missed the first things. five minutes or something. No, I don't think I did. Oh, okay. I think I was just like, oh, well, I don't understand. <laughs> Fun uh, fact, I was a stupid child. You were very stupid. That's what yeah. I've always said. Um, Sorry for this, that. This movie resolves uh, pretty spectacularly, but not, and again, in a big way. Uh, Peter Gallagher wakes up. He does not remember her. He it, remembers Every other detail. Every other detail in his life except for her, of course, because he doesn't know her, which is a funny joke. He is uh, being a... It's a goober performance by Peter Gallagher. It's over the top. It is, but it actually works in the sequence where he wakes up and he's like, who are you? I kind of... It's kind of funny, right? Uh, But then, because she's wonderful... And because Jack Warden comes in and being like, you're a putz. Like, if you don't remember her, who cares? Like, she's great. Just marry her. Yeah. Which, I mean, I get that sentiment, but also like, whoa, slow down. It's, we've only been, yeah, it's only been a couple of days, right? Yeah. Um. So he just decides that he's going to do this. despite like, I'm going to be a, I'm going to become a good person. And it seems like he seems fine, like nice enough. But then like he later kind of just reveals like, oh yeah, I never, never was faithful to anybody I ever dated. I, the story I told about the saving the squirrels, I actually knocked them out of their nest first. Blah, blah, blah. I've never done a nice thing in my life. Blah, blah, blah. I like that Jack, his brother, Bill Pullman, knows he's a shithead, but yeah. still loves him. Still it's his brother. Him. Like, he cares about him. He's not the worst. He's just not Sandy Bullock level good. Yes. One right. of the things I love about this character is before he wakes up, Sandy Bullock's going through his wallet. Right. And there's pictures in there. And it's like pictures of him and his brother when they were younger. Right. And then there's two more pictures of just him. And I think, I don't know if I got this right, one of them is just like him posing with like a tennis racket. Yes, it is a tennis racket. I was yes. like, fuck yes. Oh my God. I feel like that's Peter Gallagher's like headshots he sent out to people. Yes. Oh my God. It's so <laughs> that's what funny. It looked like to it's me. such a funny detail, but it's like telling you, like, this guy's a self center brick. Right. Yeah. She doesn't quite pick up on that then, but uh, I think she, what's great too is that he wakes up she does not it's over for her. like she does not have that spell on him anymore she likes bill pullman yeah like there's no conflict there no she's not like torn between nope. choosing she's not like oh i still really love Because she actually knows the guy that she yeah. has been hanging out with right although not maybe not to get married jesus that goes fast but fast forward wedding at the hospital <laughs> so yeah peter gallagher thinks it's a uh, 
uh, Goodwall is married anyway. Yeah. So they have invitations I mean, in which idea. it's they're just going to have a, a wedding the next day at the yeah. wedding. She tells her friend who's just like, wait, this is the guy that you were like fake. She's like, is it the this guy or coma guy? And she's like, coma guy. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> All pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff, right? Like, I'm glad these are in the movie. I'm glad they were reshoots that they added to make a movie funnier. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't heat the fact. I was even surprised he was even at that wedding. Yeah. Like, I almost thought he'd be in the back. If it was like... <laughs> If it was, like, a different... If it was made now... He doesn't say anything at the wedding, though. Maybe no. he was like, let's pick that guy. He's in the middle, though. I was... Actually, was... Because that was my whole theory, is that he was, he was all post, like, production. <laughs> but no, he's in the middle of that scene. No, because he helps... He right. Helps oh, the they movie. go to a party at one point, and Bill Pullman's there, right? Okay. Yeah. But... <laughs> If it was made now, it would he would just be in like the you know like in Avengers Endgame. Yeah. When it, I know that everybody was. I know that's a bad example because they everybody everybody was there. But usually, if they don't have someone, they'll just like, well, we'll just digitally add him right here. No big deal, right? And that's that's what it feels like. Except for he is in the middle of that. They couldn't do that in '95. Um, So she goes down the aisle. (laughs) This is good stuff. This is more Sandy Bullock All Star MVP stuff. She's got her coat on. She's got this dress, which is, you know what? It's not a good wedding dress, but it's a fine dress. It's like a fine 1995 church dress. Yeah, it looks good. It's all white. But but it's it's not a a wedding dress. dress. It's got, like, sleeves, and it buttons up the middle all the way It almost felt summer. It felt like the wrong season for it, really. It was like a spring Spring, too cold. That's why she's still wearing her heavy coat when she walks up there. Also, it was her dad's coat. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff, right? She hangs... So then she's going down the aisle while the music is playing. She's late, right? She hangs... it. Her coat's half off of her arm. Is she hanging on... Is that the IV? Nope. It's just a coat rack. It is a coat rack in the middle of this area. Yeah. I didn't realize. Yeah. I thought it was like another. Yeah. So she turns around, takes the coat off, hangs it back up, starts over. So she goes up there and she, right before the guy even starts talking, she says, I object. <laughs> Which I think is pretty funny. And then Bill Poland's like, I object too. And then they're like, what the hell's going on? So then you get this lengthy Sandra Bullock explosion of uh, confession. Mm-hmm. And again, if it was a, if it was a man reversed, it would be like the creepiest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And it'd be horrible. If it was any other actress, maybe besides Julia Roberts, it would also be unbelievable. It would just be, but she actually like it's insane what she's, she's done, all, she's and all. she and she goes over it all. But it all sounds perfectly reasonable. You're like, yep. oh yeah, no, they were upset. No, you were okay. You saved his life, and then you also like consoled them. And then it was not even your fault. They overheard, and you were and just trying to be nice. She's like, well, her first line is like, "I'm in love with your son," and Peter Boy is like, "I know." Oh. Oh, look at that. Can you hear that, It's a whole long, it's a a full-on alarm beep. Look at that. Jesus Christ. Still going. Anyway, so Peter Moore is like, stop. Yeah, and then she does all of her, Jesus, where is it? (laughs) Oh my God, will it end? Any, there it goes. goes. (laughs) (laughs) I like how you just growled. Um, You growled it away. But then she, I think where it emotionally connects is where she's explaining that like, I didn't, I don't have a family, and this was the first time yeah. I felt like I was part of a family, yeah. and I just couldn't let that go, and you're like, damn right you couldn't, Sandy Bullock. Oh my god, we love you. Of course. And then they already all really like her, so yeah. it's just like, oh, okay, this is all good, and they're right? Like, yeah, the, this son's a shitbag, so So totally. this movie doesn't even need to, like, it, it's, she's so good in the part, and that, that's a well enough written scene that it's like, it doesn't even need, like, five, ten minutes of, like, fixing like a lot of movies would need. It's just like, no, they pretty much fix it right then. She's going to quit her job for unknown reasons and whatever, but, like, it's over. Like, it's the scene, she leaves, and mm-hmm. that's it, right? Mm-hmm. And pretty then good. it ends 
I don't, I mean, okay. I don't like that it's been like a week and he's proposing to her. That seems a little crazy. When you know, you know. When you're in your 40s. (laughs) But I gotta tell you, it's because of the performance by Bill Pullman. And it's just like the whole, like, she's, because she's a tick coin taker or whatever. A token taker. And it goes Mm -hmm. in the thing. It's charming as fuck to have a engagement ring drop down and then I mean, you pan up to see Bill Pullman. I don't know. That's pretty good romantic comedy. by his whole family. It's kind of pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. They should be getting married this soon, but it's a movie moment is but what it you is. Know, you it's know. a charming romantic comedy really movie is. moment that actually kind of works. I'm just saying. It's ridiculous, but the goodwill of these two actors make it work what did roger Eber have to say about this oh, movie? i did not pull that up and we are coming what to would roger say Tyler, i told you i'm cutting you off at 56 minutes hey this is a ghost of roger ebert i'm here to tell you that i liked it while you were sleeping did you look it up no i didn't <laughs> you son of a bitch hi i'm roger while you were sleeping hi i'm roger what's your guess on how many stars he gave it three stars oh are you sure about that out of how many four he gave it Three stars out of four. That's a three-star movie for him. I have a question for you. Uh, We don't necessarily have to do that unless he has something notable to say. It sounds like he's on board with us. He finds it charming. finds Sandy Bullock charming. Got it, Roger. Thanks. If they remade While You're Sleeping in 2019 or 2020, whenever you listen to this episode, name your cast. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, can we do it? And I was going to say, yes, we can do it because there are people who aren't on social media. Right. Because I'm going to say, like, we all know who people are dating, but that's not entirely true. Yeah, that, I work with a bunch of people. That fiancé, by the way, came in, but she's, like, a crazy... Oh, it doesn't matter. Talking about. Who do I cast? Who do you I'll cast? I'll tell you who. Mm-hmm. I cast Sandy Bullock. Bill Pullman. Uh, yeah. Peter Gallagher. This is what's funny. Peter Boyle. Oh, He's gone. Here's what's funny. Sandy Bullock could easily do this movie in 2019 or 2020. Yeah. She looks great. She... Looks- she looks the same. This is great as she did in She looks the same. Oddly enough, and this is so weird, usually in Hollywood, it's like if the woman gets a little older, she's out and the old a man, usually an older man can get a younger girl and it's mm-hmm. totally fine in a movie. Mm-hmm. But Bill Pullman actually looks old now because he was older to begin with when this he movie like came 42, out. He was like 42 and now that was 25 years right. ago. Right. So, and he's, so he's, he's gray, right? He's an older guy, right? So he would be the one that would be like, oh, sorry, Bill Pullman, you're a little bit too old. You've been aged out of this role. Whereas Sandy Bullock is like, she could do it, right? We could just do say, it. Say that Sandy, Sandy Bullock, Bullock says no. No, it's Sandy Bullock and Ryan Reynolds. I was thinking, actually, okay. Wasn't so, there the engagement? Yeah. Was, there is one. The, they had one. They together. did have one, yeah. Yeah, and it was great. I thought my immediate... Indecent, nope. My immediate no. thought, if it was Sandy Bullock again, was that it would be Chris Pratt as the guy in the coma and Ryan Reynolds as... Or vice versa. They already had a movie together, though. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But, like, I was just saying, like, that would be... you could Those two guys could do alternate ones. I think that's a little bit... Uh, the Proposal. The proposal is the Sandy Bullock one. Yeah, they already, yeah. They already did. That one's not movie. bad. That's actually not a bad uh, Sandy Bullock movie. Um, None of romantic them. comedy. Well, there's None a few. The Sandy there's Bullock a few later on, but. Prove it. Uh, that one where. Tyler, Tea Time with Tyler. Name all the terrible Sandy Bullock movies. Go. Bird Box. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the one where she's. Uh, God, what's that one we call? It's not good. Fail. You fucked up. You don't have any. The end. Uh, there's a few. Crash. <laughs> You're such a dick. Oscar winner, The Crash. Um, Matthew McConaughey? Can we put him in the movie? Too old. No, I want to go younger. So let's see. If you're going to do it younger, you want people in their 30s. I I have a good... I uh, The lead actress, I think, should be Florence Pugh from like Midsommar, because I think she's great. She could do it. I like it. Okay. I would have her be let's the Let's get some diversity. Young. How about a black lady? We'll get a black dude. Or a black mm-hmm. lady. Uh, mm. 
like, oh, I can't think of the actress I like. That's um, mm-hmm. 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 Octavia Spencer. No, she's great. She in everything. can do anything. She could. No, who's that one I was gonna say that I really wanted in this? Uh, oh man, I can't think of it. Oh, Tyler. I'm thinking of someone very specific, and I don't want to start saying. How about I name some people? Oh, great. Halle Berry, no, Viola no. Davis, no. Oprah Winfrey, no. Taraja P. Henson, Angela Bassett. All those people could do anything. So yes. But I want someone younger. I want to do oh. young. No, we're doing. I said we're gonna do oh. it like people in their twenties. The young, the men and the women. I'm being totally even. Whoa. They're not gonna make that movie with those people. Maybe Taraji P Henson because she's got some clout now. But Naya Rivera. She's from Kyla like Pratt, Glee. Logan Browning. Keith oh, Palmer. Taylor Russell from Waves just recently. She's really good. She could do it. Uh, okay. There's lots of choices. I don't know. Anyway, the point is that Sandy Bullock could just do it now. Okay. Right? Yes. I think this movie's pretty good. Yeah, I told you that we should put this in the annual viewing of uh, New- Between Christmas and New Year's. It is Year's. a good... It, it's not... It, it works because it's not a Christmas movie per se, but it takes place at Christmas, so it could, it could play... It could fit the bill when you're tired of watching the same 10 mm-hmm. movies or whatever. You got it. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. This has been an episode of Old Millennials Remember Movies. You know what to do if you enjoy this episode. Tell a friend to go listen to it. And rate, rate, and star, no, and blah, blah, nah, blah. just go tell a friend to this listen. This is why no one can find us. No one's rating a review and then writing the thing. You always interrupt me. I hate you. Hey, next episode, we're going to go to a... Stop. The Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> we will talk at you another movie. The title of the movie is when she Stop. says... Stop. And their voiceover... Stop.